G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Tall poppies, mateship and pragmatism. And to talk through some of these issues with us, Dr. Brian Harris, who's the principal of Vose Seminary in WA, is joining us. Hello, Brian. Welcome along to 2020. Are you with us, Brian? Uh, oh, hi. Hi, Neil. Yes. Sorry. Uh, Good to have you along with us, Brian. Uh, This is an interesting topic we're covering today because in one sense, if you are a true blue Aussie, perhaps born and bred on these shores, you may have less of an objective opinion about how spiritual or about our spirituality uh, than others who might be looking in from the outside. Now, let me just ask you about your background here because you've got a diversity in your background and uh, your accent will give it away for our listeners. But uh, tell us about your history. Right, well... Uh, so, so just first off, to be candid, I'm, I'm not Australian, so to some extent I feel like a little bit of a fraud speaking on a program like this, but hopefully uh, I am able to have something of the objectivity of someone from, who's come from the outside and who's observed how God seems to work and how God has responded to in different parts of the world. Uh, I grew up in Africa, in South Africa, and was there for the first 37 years of my life. Uh, then moved to New Zealand, was there for a number of years, and uh, wonderful years. I was, I was there for roughly a decade uh, and noticed so many differences. I pastored a church in, in New Zealand and noticed there are significant differences between the way that Christianity is viewed in South Africa and the way it's viewed in New Zealand. And then made, made the move across to Australia when I was appointed as principal of both seminary, a theological training college here in Perth. Uh, and again, noticed yet more differences as I came, came to Australia. So it's been a fascinating journey, and uh, I've, I've come to realize that there are keys that unlock the hearts of people to God uh, in every country, but that they sometimes work in slightly different ways and that they sometimes slightly different keys. Now, we were talking about this a little earlier, about uh, if we're talking about Australian spirituality, whether or not uh, it is a strength or a weakness to not be Australian in your heritage, and uh, I just want to... Uh, Uh, say this to listeners and some listeners might disagree and inviting uh, that feedback today as our talkback lines are open but uh, but I think it's a strength that you are not Australian by birth and that you had those formative years in South Africa that you spent that time in New Zealand and that now you're in Australia and I note uh, that uh, whatever I tend to read about this level of culture and spirituality of Australian Christians uh, oftentimes it's coming from those who are looking in from a, a different cultural perspective too. And so uh, there is a sense, isn't there, that when you're in the middle of it, you don't always see as clearly as someone who's coming from the outside or someone who has the ability to be able to uh, make a comparison. And so compar- comparing the way that different people uh, are spiritual, uh, that actually I'm seeing that as a strength, Brian. 
Oh, good, good. And, and I hope, hope that it is. Uh, I think sometimes when you're from the outside, you do see things that other people don't see. You, you also miss some things, and you also can completely misunderstand some things. So I'm very happy if your, your listeners <laughs> correct me at various points, more than happy. Okay, let me, let me just ask you to enlarge uh, for us briefly, and, and we'll move into this in more detail through our conversation, but uh, the idea of talking about tall poppies, Mateship right. and pragmatism. What are those right. three issues got in common when when it comes to actually forming an opinion about the spirituality of a people like Australians? Well, I, I brought that little cluster together when I had to present a paper back in 2006 at the Baptist World Alliance Conference that was held in Mexico City. And I think because I had recently moved to Australia, uh, I was asked to, the, the, the conference was on spirituality around the world. And it was part of the, the Baptist World Alliance's Theological Education Commission. And they were just wanting to try and ask this question. So uh, what does it mean to be church and what does it mean to be a Christian community in different parts of the world? And how do people perceive God differently? And so we were hearing from presenters from, from all over the world. And, um, and I guess it was a slightly surprising choice that they asked me to do the presentation from Australasia. But I think the thinking was very much, um, yeah, some from the outside may be seeing things a little bit more objectively. And as I thought then about what I should say, I thought that these three words, uh, kind of tall poppies, mateship and pragmatism, to some extent just summed up what I had sensed about both Australia and New Zealand. And, and the paper I had to present did have to cover both of those countries, which, which was a challenge because uh, in many ways they, they aren't exactly the same. And you, 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 I think it can be quite confusing to suggest that New Zealand spirituality is the same as Australian spirituality. But nevertheless, there are things that are held in common. Uh, and so, for example, the whole uh, issue of tall poppies, where we have this tendency to, uh, provided it's not in sport, uh, to not really be too enthusiastic about people who seem to excel too highly, and we, we, want, to, we want to level that in some way. And so we chop the tall poppy down. Um, and, and, of course, that, that goes back because we're a, a very strongly egalitarian culture, and we believe that everyone should have a go, and we believe that everyone matters. And I think that there's a deep fearfulness somewhere in our culture that if we let some people rise too high, uh, we will start to overlook some people and they'll be pushed to the side and they'll be viewed as people who don't count. Now, what's that got to do with spirituality? Well, actually, I think everything, because uh, if, if the heartbeat behind that is not mean-spiritedness, because tall poppiness can be mean-spiritedness, you know, that person succeeded and I didn't, so let me chop them down, uh, you know, provided it's not that, uh, and it's more everyone matters. Well, well, that's actually deeply Christian. Uh, and it's very much about the upside-down gospel where sometimes the people who seem to be least are the most important to God. So uh, I, I don't think it has to be a negative to say that, that in Australia we, we do sometimes have a little bit of the tall poppy syndrome where we, we do look at people who are too successful and think, oh, let's remind them that they're human. Um, and, of course, the, the, the one area where, that, where there's an exception to that is we delight in tall poppies and sport, uh, which is, of course, Australia's other religion. Uh, but that maybe is another topic. Good. Well, I know that you grappled with which part of society to see as mainstream because you were grappling with the idea of spirituality. You know, is Australian spirituality about its Aboriginal foundations or is it multicultural Australia or... uh, uh, or those uh, many Australians who have solid Anglo-Saxon or Celtic roots. So how did you actually uh, come up with what is the mainstream Australia that you're talking about when we talk about an Australian spirituality? 
Yeah, so I guess the decision was fairly pragmatic, which uh, I guess fits in with, with, given that the article really is about tall poppies, mateship and pragmatism, and I say that there's something very pragmatic about being Australian. Um, in the end, it was really just a numbers game. Uh, so absolutely, I think that one should look at, at Aboriginal spirituality, just as when uh, you study New Zealand, it's enormously important to think through Maori spirituality. Um, but... Uh, yeah, if one just looks in terms of the numbers in Australia, I guess that most people and, and the mainstream has probably been hugely impacted by its British roots uh, and some later roots that have come after that. And realistically, you can't speak about Australian spirituality singular. You, you, you really do have to speak about Australian spiritualities. Uh, and because of that, some people have actually been deeply reluctant to, to write about Australian spirituality because they say there's, there's no such thing that, that, that exists. You simply have to look at different communities. And as you look, for example, at, at, at Aboriginal spirituality, it's, it's fairly different from, uh, from, from, from maybe that which has been more impacted by uh, its British origins or, or whatever. And so they would say you need to distinguish between those. But in the end, the decision was fairly pragmatic. I couldn't write about everything. I couldn't speak about everything. And so... Made, made the choice and focused in there. Okay, this is an interesting point you're bringing out here because we have all of these different sections of Australian society influenced by different uh, cultural influences. Uh, while we might today talk about uh, what is in the middle of the mainstream spirituality of Australian society, what you're saying is uh, just because we might be talking mainstream doesn't mean that there, there are not other uh, diversities within Australia that if we are going to be reaching out to Australians with this message of the gospel, we still need to understand the spiritualities of those different groups. Absolutely, and, and sometimes those aren't necessarily always cultural things in terms of a specific cultural group. I think increasingly it's, a, it's an age thing as well. And so when you, you, know, you speak of the spirituality of older Australians, sometimes that's fairly different to the spirituality of younger Australians. Um, so, so there is diversity everywhere. And I'm very conscious that, that even as I speak, that there's the danger of just reducing things too much. And you know, if anyone wants to criticise me for that, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to deny that there is that risk. Okay, well, there might be some people who have some perspectives. Uh, you might even have an alternative perspective. You might be a true blue Aussie uh, tuned into our conversation today and you've got your own thoughts on what it is to be an Australian uh, person of spirituality. And, of course, we're talking Christianity, a biblical Christianity. Uh, you can contribute to our conversation today. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. What is the Aussie spirituality really like? You might have your own thoughts. Have Christians got something to learn about connecting with typical Australians? And how is the church in Australia viewed? Because uh, I suspect if you're talking about an image of Australian Christian spirituality, you're talking about the image of the church. What's the image of the church today? Is it an authoritarian institution? What does the church look like to you? And does the church need to change to be relevant to Australian society? Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. That's 1-800-316-316. Our guest this hour, Dr. Brian Harris, is the principal at Vose Seminary in WA. Uh, Brian, this connection between uh, culture and Christianity, Christianity has a capacity to be able to uh, connect with cultures and also influence cultures. Uh, tell me about this relationship between culture and Christianity that's so important for us to understand. Yeah, well, I think that it starts off really with the Jesus story, doesn't it? So God, uh, if, if we were 
to have some kind of culture-free version of Christianity, then Jesus wouldn't have been born to specific nations, particular point in history. But it doesn't go like that, does it? Jesus comes and he's born, uh, to, to, and the nation of, of Israel comes in Bethlehem, a very particular little city, a little town. And uh, as he's born, he comes to a people who are, in fact, uh, trapped by their Roman overlords. And, and he's Jewish. And as he speaks and as he teaches, the Jewishness of Jesus comes through over and over again. Uh, you know, when you read the New Testament, you can't really understand it if you, if you forget that Jesus is Jewish. For example, uh, Jesus makes statements that sound extraordinarily strong to us. He says things like, you know, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Uh, or if your eye causes you to sin, you know, pluck it out. And, you know, we in 21st century Western culture sit back and we think, that's seriously extreme. And, and we wonder what he's getting at. But, of course, he's speaking as a Jewish person. And if you're Jewish, well, you made your point strongly. You made it really forcefully. Uh, you, you, you didn't want anyone to be able to misunderstand what you were saying. And so you, when we read those sayings of Jesus, for example, it's, it's a great mistake to read them absolutely literally, as though, you know, I've sinned, well, therefore I must cut my hand off, or I've, sinned, I've seen something that's made me sin, therefore I must pull my heart. Uh, you, you know, you can't read that literally. You've got to say what Jesus is saying is take sin very, very seriously. T -t take it as something that will hold you back. Do something about it. Make a plan. And, and we immediately make that edit. We say, okay, he's being Jewish when he says it like that. Uh, and we, we get to the real meaning behind that. Now, I think that that, that that always happens. Different cultures exist in different kinds of ways. Classically, for example, British culture has tended to be a little understated. And so Jewish extremism, or, or kind of saying something really strongly, uh, you know, sounds odd if you, if you come from a more restrained background or a more restrained culture. Um, and so, so we read the Bible the whole time needing to recognize, you know, this, this book is embedded at a particular point in history, but it's a living book. It still speaks to us today, but it comes and speaks to us in a different cultural context. And, and love for God, uh, because at its heart, uh, God loves the world so much that he sends his son into the world to, to live amongst us, is about being incarnated in a particular soil, in a particular place, at a particular time. And therefore, to be Christian in Australia means to be Christian in Australia. It doesn't mean to be Christian, uh, you know, in the Philippines or, or somewhere else. It, it, it means to actually think through what it means in this particular soil, in this particular time. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from some listeners, Brian. Uh, John is in Coburg in Victoria. Hello, John. Welcome back to 2020. John, are you with us? Yes, I am. John, you? very well, thank you very much. Uh, good to hear from you again today. Yeah, I lo love this subject. It's awesome. Uh, John, what's your contribution to our discussion? I just was going to say that um, I think Australia is a spiritual desert. I think... Um, I think the West is, is uh, you know, in decline as Christianity. I mean, the trains left. I mean, there are obviously some genuine believers. Obviously, they are in Australia and they're in the West. But I think uh, Christianity is um, pretty much in decline in the West. I think it's going to get worse and worse um, before it gets better. Um, and also, I think most Aussies can care less about, you know, Jesus and, and God and that. Or they're more interested in going to the pub, get on their speedboat, uh, renovating, um, and enjoying the good, easy life, good welfare system, free hospitals. Um, you know, you've got free online porn, 24-7 porn now online, so people can just watch porn all day. So, I mean, well, who's going to be chasing Jesus in our culture? I mean, the community stuff, the community is pretty much 
Uh, there's no community. People haven't got strong communities anymore. They don't need community because they've got money. Uh, when they haven't got money, they're going to need community. That's it. John, well, let's, gonna... let's hear from our guest, Brian. Uh, Brian, are we living in a spiritual desert? Uh, is the West a desert when it comes to Christian spirituality? And uh, I guess, uh, you know, on flowing from uh, what John's sharing here, I mean, can we be an oasis in the desert? Uh, your thoughts on what John's sharing, Brian? Sure. And, and I think that John is saying some things that are, are clearly true in many ways. So if you were just to look at church attendance, for example, as a criteria of you know, how responsive is a country to, to the Christian faith, there's, there's no question about it. Uh, church numbers are going down and have been going down for a little while. I, I think the only good news is that they seem to be plateauing now. So uh, you know, they're hemorrhaging a while back. They're, they're, they're no longer hemorrhaging. They seem to have leveled off. But, but nevertheless, it hasn't been a good news story. I don't think overall, though, that I'd feel quite as as pessimistic as John does. I I think it's important to distinguish between what I would think are fairly superficial signs of of disinterest versus a a deeper level of disconnect. Um, And in in the particular paper which I presented in Mexico City, I I made a a claim which I think some people find startling, and I I asked the question, could it be that Australia and New Zealand are are, are two of the the most Christian, non-Christian countries in the world? Uh, and, I, and I argue that because in so many ways, Australian culture has embraced Christian values. They, they may not recognize them as being Christian values. And, and I recognize that being a Christian isn't about, about morals and it isn't about you know, what you do exactly. And then it's about this wonderful transforming relationship with Jesus. But, but nevertheless, the society has been very deeply impacted by a Christian view of reality. And it shows, for example, in the welfare state. Now, now, now the welfare state comes as a little bit of a two-edged thing. On the one hand, uh, you take a country like America, uh, where religion and, and Christianity in particular is faring ever so much better, and, and there's a much more overt spirituality that, 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 that you experience if you go to the States. But uh, there's, there's no welfare state undergirding it, and because, because of that, I mean, the Christian community usually is very generous and gives to people spontaneously and well. And you could argue that that's a good thing, but uh, if you genuinely are poor and if you're genuinely struggling, I think you appreciate the welfare state a lot more. And I think it's taken countries like Australia and New Zealand to say, let's, let's actually institutionalize care in such a way that no one does completely fall through the cracks. And, and I think that that, if, one, if you actually look back to the history of the development of the welfare state, does go to very deep Christian commitments by those who, who championed the union movement, for, for example. And they just believe because everyone is made in the image of God, everyone must be looked after, everyone must be cared for. So, so, so that's just one way in which our society has actually been shaped, I think, by a Christian ethos. But um, I, I agree with John. If you talk to the local person in the pub, they're, they're usually feeling reasonably content and feel that their lives are going fairly well and it's not necessarily easy to get them to talk about Jesus. But having said that, there is a, there's a God-shaped void in every person. And to some extent, that doesn't matter what culture or what part of the world they're in. And that comes alive at different times. Sometimes it's a time of crisis, a time of difficulty. Sometimes it's just as people sit on their, their own for a while and start to think and reflect. And when people ask the deeper questions of life, you do actually realize that having enough money in the bank isn't actually enough. And I don't think that Australians are any different there to people anywhere else in the world. John from Coburg, thank you so much for being part of 2020 again today. I love what you just said, Brian, uh, early in your response to John. Australians among the most Christian, non-Christian nation in the world. That's very significant, and we'll probably pick up on some more of those uh, sorts of comments and and what they really mean. But let's continue to take another call or two. Godfrey is in the Pilbara in WA. Hello, Godfrey. Welcome along to 2020. 
Godfrey, are you with us? Godfrey, are you with us? In the Pilbara? Uh, well, uh, we might see if we can get uh, Godfrey back on the line if Godfrey's uh, not listening in to that one. Let's take a call from Tracy in Adelaide. Hello, Tracy. Welcome along to 2020. Tracy, what's your input into our conversation today? Um, <clears throat> I think. Um Australians on the whole struggle with spirituality because of our ease of life and well not that everyone has an easy life but because of um, the worldliness of Australia um, I think we sort of bounce around from um, being <clears throat> just generally lukewarm because we've got so many other pleasures we don't and through the lack of persecution we don't have to make a choice um, and I think um, a lot of times we, you know, in a lot, to a large degree, we sort of absorb the world and, and you see the world sort of ending up in the church and we're sort of accepting a lot more as part of life. Um, I think often uh, Australians see um, true godliness as um, old-fashioned and, and then uh, often labelled sort of um, legalistic. Um, you know, you sort of see, I, th I think um, there are lots of spiritual people, Christians in Australia, um, but we seem to, the old-fashioned sort of, um, well, the biblical standards often get, like um, if you preach modesty, um, you know, you see people singing out the front of Christian churches and they seem to fully love God, and I'm sure they do, but they're wearing shorts, um, you know, other people are wearing hats, Guys are wearing hats. These are things, I mean, they love God, but they don't seem to be as in the word and understand that these are sort of, you know, principles of, um, you know, like, and, and the women preachers and, you know, the Bible clearly sort of steps that these things are wrong, um, yet there's sort of a relaxed worldliness about their, um, our attitudes that it doesn't really matter because we love God. Tracy, let's hear from Brian. Uh, some interesting points being brought out there by Tracy, Brian. Yeah, sure. Thank, thanks, Tracy. I appreciate what you, you said there. Uh, you know, as I think was said at the start of the program, I originally come from Africa and hail from Africa. And, uh, yeah, you certainly sense that in that, that, that continent, for example, people uh, cling to God much more readily and uh, there's almost a desperation for God. And I've been struck by the fact that sometimes, you know, when people really struggle and struggle deeply, and, and goodness, I, I was living in South Africa through the apartheid era, and there were some terrible, terrible things that, that, that happened in those years. And you sense that those who are suffering the most uh, really experienced a God, that, that, that God will help them in the midst of their troubles. And I think that... Uh, something of the dilemma in Australia is that because our troubles tend not to be that that deep, uh, if your troubles are fairly superficial, you move, move from the God who helps me in my troubles to, if I've only got very slight troubles, it's almost the God who's to be blamed for my troubles. And so I, th I think that there is that, that, that real difference there, that in a place like Africa where sometimes it's just the struggle for life itself, people recognize, you know, if I don't hold on to God, I have absolutely no way of getting through, no way of getting through. Whereas if you're in a more luxurious setting and life is a lot more comfortable, well, then actually I can indulge in criticism and I can bicker about all kinds of little things and I can, in fact, um, start to blame God for the troubles which, which I actually have. 
And so it moves from, a, from an attitude of gratitude that I've made it through the day. And thank you, Lord, that you've given me food for the day to, you know, Lord, I only had bread for the day. Other people have cake. That's just not fair. I'm entitled to more. Uh, and that's a very, very different kind of person that, that, that grows out of those life experiences. And I think because we are a fairly comfortable country, there have been elements of that. Um, and I don't think that one could, de- could deny that. But at the same time, I, th- I think we may be being a little bit too harsh on ourselves, uh, if I'm entitled to use the word ourselves. I mean, I've been in Australia for over a decade now, and I certainly consider myself Aussie now. Uh, you know, there, there is also an uh, amazing goodness inside of, of most Australians that, that, that I've sensed. And uh, certainly if I were ever to hit a time of real deep trouble, I genuinely cannot think of a part of the world where I'd rather hit that trouble than here in Australia or New Zealand uh, because the compassion and kindness of the communities there is simply overwhelming. Tracy from Adelaide, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. And uh, Tracy, you did raise some issues about uh, hats and about women preaching in church. Uh, perhaps those might be issues we can tackle on another day. But Tracy from Adelaide, thanks so much for being part of uh, 2020 today. We are talking through Australian spirituality, tall poppies, mateship, and pragmatism, the spirituality of Australians. You can be a part of our conversation. Our talkback line open on 1800 316 316. What is the Aussie spirituality really like you might have your perspectives you can call us have christians got something to learn about connecting with typical australians and how is the church viewed in all this as an australian authoritarian institution is it as one caller said uh, old-fashioned why don't you give us a call and be a part of our conversation today 1-800-316-316 dr brian harris is our guest he's the principal at vos seminary in western australia back with more in just a few moments it's neil with you on 2020 our special guest this hour dr brian harris he's the principal at vos seminary in wa Uh, brian before we take another call just uh, quickly tell us about Vaux's Seminary. Uh, you're turning out ministers of the gospel there in WA and uh, a good quality batch every year. Uh, tell us about Vaux's. What's so special about Vaux's Seminary? Yeah, well, I think that, uh, you know, obviously I love being here and I think consider an enormous privilege to be able to train leaders for the Christian church, uh, which we do at Vaux's. Uh, I think you know some of our specialness is that we're able to be large enough to offer a fair range of courses and yet small enough to provide really individual attention for, for each student. So everyone really is well known to us and we're able to play to people's strengths and help to develop those strengths while helping people to tackle their weaknesses as well. We offer fairly flexible training. People can study with us full-time, part-time. We're increasing the range of courses that we offer by distance now. And you can study anything from a certificate for ministry all the way through to a PhD, you know, which is the highest academic qualification that, that people can get. Uh, and our graduates now serve all, all over the country and all over the world. Uh, so it's wonderfully exciting to, to find um, yeah, students who, who go from this place with a real love for God, uh, but with well-informed minds, a thoughtful faith, uh, willing to engage with the culture of the time and to make a difference in the world. And I love being here. And, uh, yeah, if any of your listeners want to study uh, through us, uh, by all means, you know, look, at, look at our website, uh, vos.edu.au, and uh, we'd love to talk with you a little bit more. And we might mention that uh, website again at the end of our conversation today. And, of course, you're shaping those leaders who are graduates uh, from Vos Seminary in a context where you, I guess, would expect and hope that they'll be people who are leaders 
who understand something of this Australian culture that we're in, the Australian spirituality, and that's what we're talking about today. Tall poppies, mateship and pragmatism, spirituality in Australia. You can contribute to our conversation, our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Uh, what's it like to uh, to truly be a spiritual Australian. And, of course, the image of the spirituality of Australians is the church. Uh, You might have some thoughts on whether the church is seen as an authoritarian institution or whether the church in Australia is seen as being relevant. You can be part of our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Godfrey is back with us. Godfrey is in the Pilbara. Hello, Godfrey. Welcome to 2020. Yes, good day. Godfrey, great to hear from you. And uh, sorry, we missed something happened a little earlier. You dropped out. But what's your input into our conversation today? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, Jesus reckoned he was going to build his church, didn't I? Yeah, Jesus is going to build his church, yep. Jesus said, he said to Peter, he said, Peter, you know, upon this rock I'll build my church. That's right. And, he, and there are so many churches in, in, the, in the country today that, you know, they, they say this church and that church, and, you know, where's Jesus? Jesus Jesus reckoned he was going to build his church, and they've got names on churches. I mean, they take a church, but what they're doing today is they're walking down the woods, and they're taking what they want people to hear. They'll, they'll, they'll put it across the pulpit. Okay, watering down of the word. Uh, that yeah. perhaps is a, is a characteristic you're noting about Australian uh, Christian churches. Uh, tell yeah, me about... Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, you can't just take what you want to take out of there and not let God co- correct you. And he's disciplined, not a man's discipline. Okay, let's hear from Brian. Uh, Brian, you can hear what Godfrey's sharing here. What are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I think that we need to listen to everything that, that, that Jesus taught. I think that we also need to be really observant to what he did. So, I mean, I think that you talk about watering down the word, and there, there obviously is a danger of that, 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 that always. But I guess I want to push back just a little bit and say, uh, you know, when Jesus you know, actually walked on this planet, uh, his, his major opponents were religious leaders who basically felt that he was distorting the message at which they were actually wanting to propagate, uh, and they opposed him, uh, you know, just endlessly. And the time he spent was with tax collectors and with prostitutes and with drunkards and, you know, people on the fringes of society. And he didn't come across as being someone who, uh, you know, was enormously, you know, meet these 57 standards first and then, then you can have contact with me. And I think that, you know, some of Jesus' strongest words were against religious leaders who were just being far too harsh and far too difficult. Uh, and he had to kind of really say to them and speak to them and challenge them that, in fact, they'd, they'd missed the essence of what relationship with God actually meant. So I guess I'm just a little bit wary that we start to make obedience to God seem like a set of rules and regulations and and to, to, to leave us with this terrible burden that we never actually get anything right and there's always, we should have been better, we should have done more. I don't think that's actually the Jesus that you see in the Gospels. So so to be deeply biblical, we must be deeply biblical and see what Jesus was doing and to see the way in which he interacted with people. It was liberating, it was it was transforming. Uh, so people certainly didn't experience him as a killjoy, constantly saying, not good enough. Godfrey in the Pilbara, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. Uh, Brian, if I can hear you here, you're saying perhaps we can sometimes be a little too hard on the church and the image of the church uh, because uh, really you've got to allow the church to be the expression of Christ 
rather than be uh, just a church full of legalisms. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and certainly if you're going to connect with Australian society, if you're going to be very legalistic, well, you're just not going to connect at all. I think we need to recognise our past. Uh, and so, so you know, many Australians, when they think church, think back to the early convict settlement days and the Samuel Marsden days and, and kind of the whipping bishop who was so incredibly severe on, on the convicts. And they just feel like we, we just... Uh, the church is not on our side. Uh, God is not on our side because they, 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 they then extrapolate that, that outwards from there. And I think that we need to be careful of that. And that's why I say that let's, if we're going to be biblical, let's be biblical. Let's go back and see what Jesus actually did. Let's remember the kinds of people he, he moved amongst. And I think that Australians actually, when they look at Jesus and Jesus in the Gospels, will be able to relate to him very, very deeply. Uh, he was actually a fairly anti-institutional person. Uh, there's no way that you can look at the way in which he, you know, up, Set, unset the tables in, in, in the temple and say this is a man who deeply upholds institutions. You know, he was very challenging, very threatening, and that's part of the reason that, that, that he was ultimately crucified. Uh, and so I think that this Jesus who's on the side of those who are on the fringes, on the side of the underdog, uh, is, is a deeply biblical Jesus, and it's a Jesus that resonates in the hearts of many, many Australians. Well, our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. And uh, I guess we can be talking about, uh, through the rest of our conversation, some of the strengths in the characteristics of what makes the Australian Christians uh, and Australian people a spiritual people. Let's hear from Dave in Tasmania. Hello, Dave. You're contributing along these sorts of lines. Uh, what's, what's your contribution to our, our conversation today about this spirituality of Australians? Oh, um, I'm just... Um you know, like uh, how with disasters in Australia, and uh, like in Brisbane and the flooding and cyclones and things like that, and uh, Australians come from everywhere to 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 help out. I, you know, there's a there's a I believe there's a care, a love in in Australia, like a, a Christian type love. That's um, it's sort of like it's hidden, but it's it's there. Yeah, and you're talking about, uh, you know, when you mention uh, the, the likely uh, the, the floods and uh, the disasters that we go through, there was one on yeah. your shores uh, not that long ago, uh, the Beaconsfield right. mining disaster. And I know, uh, yes. I know that. Let's just bring Brian into this conversation because this is one of those disasters that uh, that speaks uh, volumes about the characteristics yes. of Australian spirituality. Brian, your thoughts on the sorts of things Dave's sharing? Yeah, yeah, I think that he's absolutely spot on. Spot on. Uh, I think that it's at times of disaster that you actually see what's inside of the hearts of people, and, and you don't see indifference. You, you see deep compassion, and you see real concern for others. I think that Beaconsfield uh, mining disaster back in 2006, uh, from memory, I think that those first tremors were felt on Anzac Day, and uh, in some ways that, that, that was almost symbolic because Anzac Day has <laughs> oddly become almost our most religious day in the year when we realize you know, the sacrifice that others have made in our behalf. And the the obvious religious connotations with that, when we remember what Jesus did on our behalf as well. But uh, back there in in 2006, when Brent Webb and Todd Russell uh, were trapped underground, you you know, the nation just stopped for for two weeks as we just contemplated this unthinkable experience that they were going through, trapped in this little uh, area of, I think, was about 1.5 meters square, if I remember correctly, and they could could barely move. and, and, And like every day, people were just glued to the radio and and, and we can think through, so, so why did Brent and Todd survive? And, and would they have survived if either of them had been on their own? And I, and I suspect they're quite likely, to, and we can't know the answer to that, but I suspect they're quite likely the answer to that is no. They survived because they were there together. And, 
and, and, and that's about Australian mateship. It's about actually knowing that you're not on your own. Uh, it's about recognizing that people need a friend. It's understated, but it's very real. And it's a deeply Christian value, of course, because uh, the first not that you find in the Bible is uh, when God says of Adam, you know, it's not good that Adam should be be alone. And we're not supposed to be people alone. And, of course, we believe in a God who's triune, Father, Son, and Spirit, which tells us, of course, that that, that God in his very own essence is, is this God who is deeply relational because you can't be a father unless you have, have a son. And so so the father is, is father because he has a son, and the son is a son because he has a father. So, so God is defined to some extent by his relationships and we understand God as Trinity in that, in that particular way. So we can't be human and to be human means to be made in the image of God if we aren't in relationship as well. And I think Australians have always recognized that, that very, very deeply. So it's not necessarily an overt uh, spirituality. It's not an in-your-face thing, but it's something that resonates with, with the Christian message. And I think they're all good missionaries and I think the church needs to view itself as a missionary church. I think all good missionaries start from, from the starting point that you've got to find places that, 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 that connect. So are there differences between what the gospel teaches in Australian society? Definitely. But are there similarities? Yes. And I think that this is one kind of similarity that you actually see there. We can say, well, that, that, that's right. The, the gospel does call us to authentic community. But whereas in Australian society, we might sometimes think that having a friend is enough. The gospel reminds us that just having friends is not enough. We also need to have friendship with God. And so that's the step further that, 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 that we actually need to go. Dave from Tassie, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. We're talking about Australian spirituality. You might have your thoughts. Talkback line still open, 1-800-316-316. Back with more, our special guest, Dr. Brian Harris, the principal of Vose Seminary in WA. We'll have some more in just a few moments. This is 2020 on Australia's Vision Radio Network. It's Neil Johnson with you, Dr. Brian Harris, our guest. We are talking through issues, tall poppies, mateship and pragmatism, uh, spirituality of Australians. Brian, just picking up on something we were talking about in that last segment, it seems to me that uh, while you talk about all of these wonderful characteristics of Australian society and ones that we can very significantly say had their roots in something of our Christian heritage, it does seem to me that somehow or other Christians today feel as though they are disconnected from the ownership of those characteristics. Is that something that uh, that you've noted? Is there a, a disconnect there? Oh, absolutely. And so I think that we almost take pride, Australia takes pride in being a secular country. But but I think that the, it's a secular myth because when you, you press back and you say, so where have these things which we so deeply value actually come from? In most instances, they, they, they come from a Christian heritage. Um, and I think that the church... Uh, I mean, I don't think we should be braggadly about things, but I think we should just gently point back to people that we have become the nation we have, not coincidentally, but because we have actually been shaped by the message of Jesus in one way or another. Um, and I think that we should be uh, you know, quicker to, to claim credit for that because it simply is the truth. That's right. And uh, I mean, I, I, th- I think we regularly talk about this sort of thing, uh, our Christian heritage and our ownership of that. But then it does seem to me that there there is this disconnect and somehow or other we have to reconnect with and uh, take pride as a Christian community in the fact that we do have these strengths in character in Australian society and they are there because of the roots of our biblical past. Uh, let's continue to take some calls. Let's hear from Robin in Mount Morgan. Hello. Robin, welcome along to 2020. What's your contribution to our conversation today? 
Um, yes, I, I was going to say, um, at first I, I didn't think my comment was particularly Australian, but I, something did come to me. Uh, there's a prophet, an American prophet, that loves Australians and Texans because we um, just say exactly as it is and don't don't try to code, sugarcoat anything or, you know, we're realistic. Oh, no, what's the word? I don't know. But anyway, um, but my, my own thing with um, the churches these days, I think if you're talking about the churches, um, I like to think of the universal church that, that I belong to. And, and I, I picture it this way, that as God looks down from heaven, he knows those who are his. That's the church. And I, I think that just as individuals, he made individuals unique. Everyone's different. Um, but everyone's made by God, you know, beautifully. In the same way, I think that nations have their own character as well. And uh, and they all have a, a good reason for that. I mean, God has doesn't do anything for nothing. Um, so I'm, I'm, I like being Australian. But the thing I'd, I'd like to say about the churches is um, I personally have found that I just don't fit in a lot of them. And I really believe, and I've heard many others talking this way, even overseas and that, that God seems to be doing something new. And, it, you know, if you look in the past, in the Bible as well, wherever, wherever God um, has started something new, he, he generally brings his servants out of the established, I'll call it church, but I mean, back day in the old days, it was the Jewish nation. And um, people like David, he, he basically had to go against the establishment because they were trying to kill him. You know, the, the, the head of the establishment was trying to kill him and he had to, and yet God was with him. And he collected all those that were not happy with the, um, the, the establishment at the time. And, and the same with John the Baptist, if you notice, he was um, as from a priestly family, and um, and yet he he his ministry was taken out into the wilderness. God brought him out there, and he he and Jesus spoke badly about the the leaders of the establishment at the time, the, you know, the Pharisees and that. And I really do believe something's happening um, today because I, I get frustrated in these churches where, you know, the Bible says that. The, the churches are meant to equip the saints for the, for the work of the ministry, not just the pastors. We're not meant to be just spectators and just go week after week and just listen to somebody else. Mm. Um, they should be, the pastors, I believe, should be equipping the saints to, to do the work. Robin, and, good uh, thoughts that you're sharing there. Let's hear from Brian Harris. Brian, your thoughts on what Robin is sharing? Oh, uh, I really enjoyed listening to Robin. I think that she's made many, many valid points there. Uh, maybe to get to the very first one she made, uh, you know, I think that a, a characteristic of Australians is that they say things as, as they are and that they get to the point and they don't beat about the bush. And uh, I think that churches need to be like that as well. And, and therefore, when churches don't seem to be authentic, uh, when people seem to be pretending and uh, say things that are unrelated to life, well, I think that most Australians just get very exasperated by, by that and find that unhelpful. And um, yes, I, I think she's absolutely spot on there. Uh, her, her point about Finn that uh, I think she's speaking for herself and, and for many people, actually, that, that at times she just feels that she doesn't fit. Um, I think that's one that we really need to think about and, and think about very, very deeply. Um, I wonder if sometimes we just don't have sufficient imagination in churches and we, we're still trapped in a little bit of a time warp where we think that being church is about uh, you know, sitting in rows and looking at the head of the person in front of you while you listen to a talking head from up front. Uh, and that really isn't 
the essence of being a Christian at all. And it's certainly not the essence of what the church is meant to be, but it's, it's the image that, that remains with us quite often. Uh, so, so I think that we do need to think uh, with a lot more imagination of what it means to be authentic Christ followers in the 21st century. And there are many, many, many new expressions of church that are coming to the fore. And uh, while, while I treasure the unity of the, of the church, and, and uh, it's difficult in some ways when groups break away, uh, for all that, I think that many of those new expressions are, are deeply something that God is doing through, through His Spirit, and we should celebrate those. And I, I, th- I think that we must uh, be more willing to just embrace new things that, that are actually happening without forever being suspicious of them. I think sometimes in the church, because we, we, we want to uphold the truth, and that's a really good thing, but sometimes you can be so uh, kind of anxious about something being wrong that you can't see what's right in something new. And so we sometimes look at new things that happen with very critical eyes, uh, with wanting to say why it's wrong, rather than saying, well, well, how could we strengthen this? How could we make this better? Could God somehow be involved in this in a new way? And uh, if the church is to connect it with Australian society in a much more significant ways, it, it is going to take a whole measure of spirit-inspired creativity and imagination. Well, thank you so much to Robin in Mount Morgan in Queensland. Uh, running short of time, uh, lots of calls still to take. Uh, let's be fairly quick. Let's hear from Jim, who is in Kyabram. Hello, Jim. Yes. Welcome along. You'll need to be quick, Jim. What's your contribution to our conversation? Um, about the... Um, oh, uh, sorry, I'll better turn the radio yeah, down. Turn, turn your radio down if you can, yes, Jim. Uh, um, yeah, I was just thinking, brought up in Australia, and, and the Australian ideal is to have a go, mate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay, um, I'll try and reach it. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it was good to turn the radio down. We do have a delay system on, and, yeah, uh, and so that just makes things a little bit easier to hear. If you've turned your radio down, listen through the phone if you're calling in. Jim? Yes, yes. I, I, I didn't think I was going to have time. But, uh, yeah, I, I grew up with that mentality. Um, I, have a go, yep. Have a go, you know, and I got into the church and I was willing to have a go. I was ready to have a go. But the thing that I found with God is God is saying, hey, zeal without knowledge is dangerous. And you can't just have a go. Sometimes you've got to just get sink or swim, get out of the boat. But there's a time where it's more than just a chance to, to test out your faith. It's to do something small. But there's bigger things that he needs us to be leaders in. And he has to prepare us for that. You know, Moses went for 40 years of preparation to lead the people of Israel. And I'm not saying we're all going to lead, lead that. But there are issues that, or things that we will need to lead in, even if we're in our own household. And we have to stand up in that uh, uh, spiritual dominion that we have been given yep. by by Jesus, who got all authority, all dominion. Jim, I'll have to cut you short. I can hear what you're saying there. Get out of the boat. But there is a time of preparation and of getting established. Jim from Kyabram, thanks so much for being part of 2020. Time for perhaps one more call. Helen is in Cairns. Hello, Helen. Welcome along. Hello. Helen, you'll need to be quick. What's your contribution? My contribution is I think the biggest enemy of spirituality, true Christian spirituality in Australia, is complacency because we're so blessed. We've been inundated with blessings from God and the least thing we need to do is spend time praying and telling him we're thankful. Yep, that's good. Uh, Helen, uh, thank you so much for your contribution today. I appreciate you being part of 2020. Uh, let's, uh, well, uh, perhaps a, a quick up. Uh, uh, what are you thinking about uh, Helen's points there, uh, Brian? Because we just need to uh, draw things to a close here. But uh, 
in fact, we won't probably have time because I want to be able to talk to you, uh, Brian, about uh, the sorts of things that uh, happen in Vaux's Seminary. I just mentioned those things because uh, we did mention the website a little earlier on. Uh, people who are coming out as leaders of churches, and uh, there's a Baptist foundation to Vaux's, but how, how important is it to actually get uh, leaders who are appreciative of this Australian context in which we live? I think it's absolutely critical. Um, you, you, you know, I think that if we're going to follow the model of Jesus, which was being incarnated in a particular place at a particular time, we've got to produce leaders who know what it means to, if they're going to minister in Australia, they need to understand what it means to minister at this point in time, this point in history. And it just is not helpful if people are trained in models from 100 years back. Uh, you know, this is 2015, and I'm very conscious that graduates from, from both, many of them will still be in ministry when it gets to be 20, 2060, 2070, some of them, uh, you know, if Jesus hasn't returned before then. So we've got to We've got to equip people for the present moment, but nevertheless, the principles that undergird that are always deeply biblical principles. So it's a mixture of, of that which is traditional, but also actually looking with the eye to, to the context and to the future as well. And of course, it is down to those leaders who are graduating from formal training. Uh, if they're not trained right, uh, the rest of us haven't got much of a hope. So that's, that's how important it is, isn't it? Uh, and, and I think leadership is incredibly important. I've, I've written about leadership before, and I know we've spoken on this program before about my book, um, uh, The Tortoise Usually Wins, and, and there are a champion the idea Brian, of quiet leadership. Brian, I'll point people to the Vose Seminary website, vose.wa.edu.au. Uh, Brian Harris, just a pleasure talking. Let's do this again another day, but thanks for being with us on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Thanks. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.